today's episode of The Celestial Spoon, and thank you for taking your time from your busy day to spend with us and learn about my guest. My prayers go out to everyone for a happy and healthy new year in 2019 and for all the best guarding for everybody. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any information shared by my guests. And you can find the link on my website at www.thecelestialspoon.com. And also please remember to share these shows with your friends so they can also gain value from my guests. I am your turquoise angel guide, an award-winning author and speaker, advocate for mental health, psychic and medium, and a spiritual guide, along with being a wife, mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. Exciting to have a great family, and I enjoy all the little ones so much. I share my journey of healing and accomplishment after a suicide attempt in 2014 to inspire others to make themselves come first and listen to their inner voice. I offer spiritual guidance to help you through your struggles. I also do psychic readings and spiritual guidance for every aspect of your life. Please check it out on my website. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am thrilled today to be interviewing Lee McCormick, who was born into a tribe of movers and shakers. Lee has always lived out loud. He is the founder of the Integrative Life Center in Nashville, the Ranch Recovery Center in Tennessee, and the Canyon Treatment Center in Malibu, California, and has been a creative force in the mental health and recovery scene for over 20 years. He founded Spirit Recovery, Inc. to produce healing and recovery conferences and spiritual journeys around the world. Lee is a co-founder of Front Porch Partners, a consulting management and research, research development company working in the medical and behavioral health disciplines. Lee has authored the Spirit Recovery Meditation Journal to assist people in reclaiming their lives and is co-author of Spirit Recovery Medicine Bag which, with HCI Books. Lee is the executive producer and has a leading role in the documentary Dreaming Heaven, the true story of the experiences of 18 people over five days at Teotihuacan, Mexico. Sorry, I messed that up. <laughs> he has led many... Say that again? How it's Teotihuacan. Yeah, Teotihuacan. Okay. Teotihuacan, Mexico. He has led many journeys to this place of power. Today, he is here to talk about his new Heart Reconnection Guidebook and how a group of powerful friends sitting around a kitchen table created a masterpiece of heart-based healing. So I'm looking forward to learning more about heart-based healing and everything that Lee has to bring us. So, hi, Lee. It's great to have you. Thank you for pronouncing that name for me. Welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you don't, um, 
actually the word Teotihuacan is a it's a Nahuatl word that's and Nahuatl's not spoken much in Long Island, I don't think. Okay. Those <laughs> words get me very confused if I don't say them often enough. <laughs> I get it. It yeah, I get it. But it's great yes. to be with you. Thank you. It's great to have you here. And is there anything specific and interesting going on in your life right now? Oh, gosh. You know, it, it's this last year was really interesting, and particularly with your gifts and, you know, your your awareness. It just it seems like so much in our in our culture and in the world and in the human reality is such that um you know it's it was a tough year it was a challenging year it's it's like so much is being magnified um you know kind of beyond the judgment thing everything seems to be being magnified which is really interesting to me um I may not like the particulars of situations, but I feel like I feel like we're all being pushed on to a degree to wake up or pay attention, and that's what I see going on a lot today. Of course, you know we have different reactions when we get called out to pay attention. Some people stick their head deeper in the sand, and some people actually start to to, to look around, you know, or ask some questions. So. Um, it's an interesting time. And I agree with that because I recognize that last year was a struggle trying to gain the attention and to broadcast my podcast. A lot of people are listening to it now. I'm so happy about that. And I remain in the top three in a category of like 20 different podcasts. So I feel like I am one of those people that I'm not putting my head in the sand, and I am sharing my vision with the world because we want to make it a better place. And what I recognize is that little by little, more people are awakening, and I feel 2019 is going to be a great year for that, and more people reaching out to help each other. So yeah, that was a great share. Thank you. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, you know, of course, I want to, of course, I think you're right. And and I hope you're right. So, um, because we can certainly dream and create a more congruent, balanced, compassionate world than, you know, the way we've been, been living most this last, this last several years. And I do feel good about it. Um, it, it. It's interesting because when I started out with my readings, I said angel readings, and nobody knew what that was. But I still do the same thing and call it psychic readings, and people say, oh, okay, but I just had a reading two weeks ago because there's so many people that are, are realizing their abilities, and it's, it's a little bit of a, um, a hard industry to be working in. But my shift has been to use my spirituality to broadcast about mental health and stress resolution to help make the world a better place. So um, let's do your card reading real fast, and then we'll continue talking. So I pulled from the Archangel Michael deck, Make a Commitment, and it says, Archangel Michael, as the angel of courage and confidence, I call upon you to lend me your strength. Allow me to commit to myself, my life, and my divine purpose. Please clearly guide me so I can fully open my heart to everyone and every experience. Now, I recognize reading this card that it's not really meant for you. I think it's meant for our audience. And it's for people to pay attention and allow Archangel Michael and all the other angels into your lives to make the world a better place. So, you know, replay this and listen again to the prayer and know that Archangel Michael is always there for anybody if you reach out. So, Lee, I'm going to draw another card, and that's actually from the Life 
purpose deck, and it's healer. Very interesting. It's showing a doctor putting his mask on, getting ready to go into surgery. And you have been the healer to so many people, but at the same time, I'm hearing that you need some kind of healing yourself. I haven't read much about your journey, so I don't know which point you're at now, but I'm feeling that, oh, I'm hearing something from your childhood hasn't been resolved. Does that make sense? Well, sure, it could make sense. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's what it's telling me. And we have the wings are a, like a, a dull gray mixed with a little bit of white. And that's the only things in the picture is this doctor and the wings. And it's like the wings are on heavily sitting on your shoulders and right there on your back. And that's where it's showing the separation of, um, I'm feeling like there was a point in your life that all of a sudden you had an awakening. And something from childhood was brought back to the surface and helped you to become the healer you are today. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Sure. Okay, because most of the cards have a lot in the picture, and this one is just very specific and, and very powerful as this is describing your life. And um, I remember reading, and oh, yes, I listened, that you were also a singer, that you started out singing. I did. I still play music. But I've, I've been playing guitar and singing and, you know, lived on the road. And music's been a part of my life since I was 12, 13 years old. Wow. So were you thinking about healing or anything like that at that age? Oh, no. I was just thinking about having fun. <laughs> I, I, you know. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a... I, I grew up between my dad's ranches and cattle and horses and a a farm and and the beach. We lived also on the beach, so I grew up in wow. pretty much of a, a, an idyllic setting for a for a kid, you know. Yeah, a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah, I used to go up to my grandparents' house every summer and sometimes during the holidays, and they had the cows on the farm, and we used to walk through, you know, gathering the cows to bring them back to the barn and everything, and to us, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, in my life and this journey of of creating these healing programs and the work that I've been doing the last 20-plus years, one of the things that I realized in my life when my life really kind of went down the rabbit hole of disconnected and, and, and crazy um, is that I lost my connection to the natural world. And that's really always been my, like my most powerful relationship being in this world has always been my connection to to the woods or the mountains or the ocean or, you know, the, the horses and the cattle. The humans are great, but my, my go-to go place has always been the natural world. And that's a beautiful world to be in. I recognize it more and more every day. I'm more of an indoor person, but once you get me outside, I really enjoy it. And I breathe in the beauty and the, the smells of everything, and I just love it. And, um, you know, everybody says that a dog is man's best friend, so that definitely plays into it that um, I recognize that when we pay attention to the animals, especially our big um, American Bulldog, she makes us laugh so many times, and it just brings you back to reality of, oh, why am I stressing over this? That's crazy. You know, let the animals build us up. So that, well, that is, yeah. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, those relationships are so important. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting mm. because I think as, as, human, as humans, we so often end up, um, well, we live with so much judgment. We inherit, you know, a, a, 
judgment-based relationship to life when we're born into this world and these cultures today. And with animals, it's... It seems like with our animal relationships, we maintain a non-judgmental, um, you know, regard and a non-judgmental, um, unconditional love for for our pets that we can't express to ourselves or to other humans so easily. So it kind of, it, you know, it serves as a placeholder for that unconditional love. Mm. Definitely. Because there are days, even with my husband, you know, it's just me, my husband, and the American Bulldog and the Yorkie. And, you know, we get on each other's nerves at times. And then when we look at the animals, it cheers both of us up and gets rid of whatever we were fighting about. (laughs) There you go. So, Lee, let's talk about your book, The Heart Reconnection Guidebook, and I know there's a story about how you actually created it. Can you share a little more? Sure. Well, it's, it's, it's really simple, um, and it's the cool thing about having great friends that you really respect. Um, I was in Santa Fe at a mental health addictions conference at one of the U.S. journal conferences um, that we were presenting at, and some really fantastic friends of mine, Joan Borisinko, um, Gordon Deveren, her husband, and Holly Cook, who I work with, Mary Faulkner, um, who I've written a couple books with. Um, we were all at Joan's house having a, an open conversation around the mental health addictions treatment work. Um, you know, I've been involved in in more than one treatment center over the years and started programs. And I was ne- I've never been satisfied with the outcomes from the mental health addictions treatment business. Um, and it's always been a challenge to me. And I look at it like we, the people who are who are the so-called professionals in this work, we have an obligation to find a way to be more effective. And what I hear and see so much of is the, the programs blaming the client, saying the client didn't want help or the client wasn't compliant or the disease of addiction, you know, or the mental health challenge was so powerful that you just couldn't get through to that person and it's like so many excuses. I just, I don't buy it. And so we were having this conversation, you know, and I said to everyone, because between us, between the half a dozen people in that room that day, gosh, we had like over 200 years experience um, in living and working with people in different healing ways, you know, whether it was medicine or, or mental health or addictions, Um and and I said, you know, guys, if we could come together and really, really sit with this and share with this and work through this, um, I bet we could come up with a piece of the what's missing because something really important is missing in this in this approach. You know, I, I would I would bet you we could dream up a whole new paradigm of engaging people in a self-discovery, healing, recovery process, you know. And we so we got into that conversation, um, and the idea of doing a book together came up, and I just took it on um, to do that. And three years later, we have the Heart Reconnection Guidebook. And that's wonderful because you took in everybody's opinions and created something wonderful, especially now. This is recent, but you also have all of these facilities that what do each of them do that also adds to writing in your book? Well, the only, the only program that I'm still involved in today is the Integrative Life Center in Nashville. Um, okay. You know, I've, I've, I've sold, I've, I've, sold the business aspect of the other programs that I started over the years. But the, oh, okay. the, way, the way the Integrative Life Center 
um, it, it really serves as, as the connecting point for different points of view, different ideas, different practices um, that, that you can integrate into the whole experience of a person who's trying to find that thread to, to sort their life out, you know, to address whatever the presenting issue is, whether it's an addiction or an eating disorder or, you know, depression or a mental health issue. Um, and it's, it's like the living opportunity for people to come into the work that we do and for us to work with them because we're very individualized. Uh, you know, each of us, we're, we're all unique human beings, and we've all lived unique experiences, and we all have unique points of view. Um, yep. And our uniqueness and our authenticity and the gifts that we have that, that, that we carry with us by, by our nature are so often discounted or just abandoned. Like, we don't really live for the truth of our heart and spirit. We live according to the, the scripts and the stories and the legacy that we inherited in the community or the family that we were born into. So our, our domestication by the world is so powerful that it, it really hijacks our attention and we don't give our authenticity and our heart and soul, our truth, you know, our innate gifts. We don't give them much time or attention necessarily. Um, and so the healing work, the way I approach this work, uh, is that the presenting issues are really an invitation to pay attention in your life, to look in the mirror, to sort out the trauma, the heartbreak, the fear, the, the, the stories that you are invested in that tell you you're not good enough, you know, all that stuff. Um, the suffering is an invitation. The suffering is the invitation to pay attention. And then when you come into our program at the Integrative Life Center, we support you in rediscovering the truth of who you really are, which for me has been the missing link in so much recovery work. Traditional recovery was more based in applying a diagnosis to an individual, and then the information attached to that diagnosis more or less defines who you are or what you are. And from that point on, you're learning coping mechanisms for how to deal with being an alcoholic or an addict or a codependent, you know, or a borderline personality disorder, whatever the, the diagnosis was. Well, that's not relieving us of our suffering. It's kind of legitimizing it and giving us coping mechanisms, but it's not it's not really it's not really supporting us in the truth that we can unravel that stuff and find our freedom and learn to live our life, you know, connected and aware in relation to to heart and spirit. Wow. So Everyone knows that I have uh, many different mental illnesses. Um, just recently, I was struggling with the seasonal affective disorder because I forgot to prepare myself and talk to the psychiatrist about increasing my medication before the season hit. But I've come through that really fast in a week after changing my medication. But my question would be, so if I came to your center, and presented all of these mental illnesses that I know some of it's related to my thyroid, would I be able to get mm -hmm. myself off the medication or would I still need to rely on medication besides all the integrative work? Um, well, you know, that's not something I can give a definitive answer to. What I can tell you is that the psychiatrist that we work with, um, Daniel Barton, is very creative and very open himself. So what we would look at um, is your relationship to each one of those issues. And because so many of those issues can literally simply be organic, right? It can be brain chemistry. Um, it, can, it, can be, 
as you said, it's thyroid. So what we do is look at alternative ways that you might address each particular situation that may not have the side effects or may be more effective or may offer, you know, maybe there's amino acid vitamin supplements that can that can take the place of some pharmaceutical medications. Maybe um, you can do IVs that literally re-nourish our brain chemistry and re-establish dopamine and serotonin levels on an organic level rather than using, you know, synthetic mood elevators um, or, or mood medications. Um, so to, to get to know who you are first and then look at the whole, the whole fabric of your life and the protocols that, that you're currently using and to ask you what, what's working well for you, what are you okay with, you know, and what would you like to change if it can be changed in a positive sense. So it's really about you. It's about, you know, us getting to know you and then, then us working together. We're not the authorities on your life. You are. And what, but what we bring is a depth of experience and an array of different options and opportunities, and then we work together. And I love that idea. Um, my next question about that would be, what is the average time that somebody would spend in your facility? Well, again, there's so many variables. Um, our average length but I mean, of stay. Go ahead. Well, it's sorry. We go ahead. work it, at the minimum. We work in a 30-day. It's a 30-day stay. Um, okay. Our extended care program is a six-week stay. So the majority of people that come to us will stay with us for um, 60 to 90 to 120 days. You know, if if they can stay, the longer you can stay, the deeper you can go. And you know the the more the more progress you can make. Um, gosh, we live. You know, so many people. You hit the ground running when you're a kid, and you go to school, and you graduate, and you start a job, or you you start a career, you get in a relationship, you know, and you you get married, you start a family, and you know then the world owns you. By that time, the 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 culture in the world pretty much owns you because. Then you've got bills to pay and you've got mortgages and you've got car payments. And, and so, you know, before we know it, our life's not really our life anymore. We're, we're working to support all the debt that we've encountered and, and all the goals that we've set and expectations that we've bought into. And the issue, the problem with that is that, you know, we, we never stop. We don't stop when we're... 30 years old or 40 years old and culturally and say, you know what, you, you need to take the next 90 days and just go sort your life out um, uh-huh. and look, look at, at, at the beliefs that you have been living by that largely you inherited. You know, were they, is your belief system really truly authentic? Did you come to, to, did you come to these beliefs naturally and and as an individual or are your is your belief system largely stories that you were told as a kid or things you were taught you know through a religious affiliation or information that you were downloaded with in school um you know so to have an opportunity to step out of the step out of our our personal reality and just spend quality time with ourselves and questioning ourselves and and asking ourselves what's really true today you know with support with guidance with clean mirrors around us people that can help us gosh it it would just be such a gift because we could clean ourselves during the course of our life And just listening to your description makes me think about my three um, psychiatric hospitalizations, and I share it as to be a vacation because I knew the first two times I needed to admit myself and get away from reality for a while, and 
I felt like, oh, my God, I don't have to do anything today to take care of anybody or the house or anything. And I got to work on myself. And through these hospitalizations, I did recognize that I can be my authentic self, and I don't have to hide my truth. So I, I really wish that one of these days I can come to your center and actually continue on that journey because I know I have a lot that has to come to the surface to let go, but I don't know how to bring it about. So I am going to talk to you further about that afterwards, but um, I'm, oh, I'm excited about the whole idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the whole idea because... Like I said, I felt like I was on vacation, and I'm sure you're not feeling like you're totally on vacation because you're really working on yourself. And I did watch your documentary on, what was that, Dreaming, Dreaming, oh, Dreaming Heaven. Heaven. And I watched the trailer to it, and I, I want to um, watch the full movie because that was so inspirational, and I want to experience that. And it just, it's like it's calling me. It's, it, uh, that's how deep it feels with me. So um, oh, that's, we, will, that's we will talk further. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, yeah. So I just don't want to get stuck on me. I want to get uh, some more questions because I have some notes here from you, and I really want to know, like, first of all, what is a medicine wheel format? Well, the medicine wheel is is exactly what it says. It's a it's a circle. Um, you could envision like the circle at Stonehenge. You could envision um, it, it, medicine wheels exist in different cultures all around the planet. Um, and when we wrote the book, and any any time that you're working with with humans. Our mind is such a dominant, has become such a dominant aspect of our life that yeah. the mind, the mind responds well, and the mind is, and the person, because we're not our mind. Our mind is an aspect of what we are as humans, right? But we're we're far more than just our mind. Um, we're really well served to have a framework that the mind can attach to, more or less, and, and a structure that, you know, when our, typically when we get to a place to where we're wanting to work on our life, our life's messy, and we're messy. And so a structure serves us. It gives us, it gives us um, a, a series of points that we can focus on. It gives us parameters to work within it, it guides that helps guide our attention and our focus on ourselves and so the medicine wheel also because we we work from the east to the south to the west to the north and each of those directions has particular characteristics associated with it so if you start in the east you'll start looking at your childhood first your earliest years um, and, and the east is the place of the body. It's the place of earth. It's where we come into form in this world. And so there are characteristics to each of the directions. And as you move your focus from one direction to the next, there are questions, there's meditations, there's reflections for you to, for each individual to sit with um, and to really, to really focus and drop down into What's the truth in, in those experiences at that time of your life? What's the truth in how they may still be affecting you today? And all of this is done from a completely non-judgmental place. It's not about blame. It's not about right or wrong or good or bad. It's literally about becoming aware of the energy, the emotions, the stories, all of that that's attached to these different stages of our life and our life's experience so that we can unravel those things that haunt us. You know, we can unravel the, the, the trauma or the heartbreak um, of something that happened to us when we were 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years old. And we don't have to live with that energy 
carrying that energy around in our consciousness and in our heart and in our emotions any longer. We can go back into it. We can work on it. There's different different tools, different practices that are in the book. Um, and we can start letting that stuff go. So literally, we're energetically cleaning ourselves. And I love that concept. I know that something happened to me in childhood to make me forget a lot of my childhood. So if I work through the guidebook, I can possibly figure that out. Well, you know what? It'll give you, it'll help you find a different way of relating to those old experiences. So, okay. um, you know, if we can shift our point of view on something, then a whole other perspective can come into our awareness. You know, typically we get stuck on a point of view. Anything that's really deeply traumatic, we get stuck in the place that we were in at the time that that experience happened. So there are a lot of adults who had childhood trauma, um, and that, that experience is still stuck at the same age and in the same place, basically, that, that the energy occurred in the original experience years and years ago. Well, if someone can support us or we can find guidance in a book that can help us shift our perspective um, on that, then we can become aware of, of, of something far greater that we've never realized before. Hmm. And I, I do try not to think about, oh my God, what happened to me? And I do think about the future and my mission in life to help other people. So I'm not stuck on it like some people will be, but it, I'm still curious. You know what I mean? Well, sure, and that energy's still with you. <laughs> You know, I mean, energetically right. and emotionally, we carry an energetic imprint of the experience of our life with us. So, you know, things can happen that the energy is heavy and the energy is of heartbreak or fear. Um, and in, until we find a way to effectively go back into that energetic and change our relationship with it, then I'm not a victim to this anymore this happened to me, but I'm safe now and I'm okay now and my relationship with life is good now and it'll serve me to begin to release that heartbreak or that fear or that anger. And, and this takes time and you work on it in layers. Um, you know, and it's a process. It's, it's, it's part of the journey. Um, and that's what you know, that, that's the nature of how we work at the Integrative Life Center. It's, it's really the nature of what I do on the journeys in Mexico. Um, and I learned this point of view, a, a lot of the point of view that I have, a lot of the experience that I have came from working with indigenous healers, you know, with, with curanderas in Mexico, with um, traditional healers in the Andes and Peru, because so many of the indigenous peoples have never forgotten what they've always known that our life experience is an it's a it's a interaction of energies and and it's important to realize that when an ener when energies get stuck in us in our emotions or in our body or in our mind when those energies are stuck in us we're responsible and we have the ability to unravel those energies and to release them so we're no longer carrying that around. You know, and it just adds so much depth to healing work. Whereas in the Western culture, in the U.S., if you're suffering from depression and your depression might be related to a trauma um, or you're, you know, you have high levels of anxiety and that anxiety is related to some trauma, some old memory, some old experience, You'll go to a doctor, and the doctor will just give you a, medi a medication, and that medication will mask or address the symptoms, which is the anxiety. Or the symptom may that's, literally that's be... That's me too. Yeah, and the symptom may be anxiety. The symptom may be literally the depression itself, and the true wound 
is the cause. But in our culture in the U.S., we don't drop all the way into the true cause. We just medicate the symptom and move on. Right, and that's why I was questioning about, um, because when I had my attempt in 2014, it was actually an answer to a prayer. I said, God and angels, please help me start feeling better and stop taking some of these 22 medications. And God's answer was for me to get to the bottom and then build myself back up. And immediately in the hospital, they took away some of the medications, saying, well, this one's counteracting with that one. And I think now I'm taking around nine medications, which to me is still too many. So if I could find the reasons and do away with that medication, I would love that idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Medicine, medicine, allopathic medicine, Western medicine, it's slowly evolving. You know, um, I, there's things that we, we do acupuncture at the Integrative Life Center. Mm. You know, we use, like yeah, we use, um, we have some fantastic Chinese medicine doctors um, that are actually from China that we refer people to. Um, you know, our humanity over the history of the humans, there have been so many amazing healing practices developed um, like acupuncture, like Ayurvedic medicine in India, um, you know, like the work that the, the shaman do and the curanderas do. And so much of of those truly effective, you know, thousand, two thousand year old ways of addressing our suffering, so much of that was just ruled out over the course of, of the European takeover of the world basically, um, you know, and it was the church would come in and say, well, the, these curanderas are witch doctors and that's all the work of the devil. Well, of course, that was ridiculous and, and not true, but that was the, you know, they, they, won, they won the war, so they wrote the history books. And so, you know, we've lost, we've lost um, or it's become much more difficult to make connections to a lot of really effective, powerful healing practices over the centuries, you know, because of the nature of cultural, one culture coming in and dominating another. Um, you know, and we humans are so crazy. We would, we will, we will go to all kinds of lengths to defend our need to be right when our need to be right is really the source of all the problems in our life. Um, mm. Yes. <laughs> I believe that, yes, <laughs> because I also have OCD, and, you know, when you get a thought in your mind, you can't let it go, and it's a, it's a hard struggle at times for me to say, okay, I don't have to be right, and really work through letting it go, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that struggle with that aspect of it, too, and um, if I'm understanding you totally correctly is when we try to be right, we're still not being authentic because deep down we're recognizing that we're really wrong. Is that correct? Well, but, uh, the way I would frame it is that our need to be right is, is typically it's underpinned with fear. It's that I'm, I'm, hmm. my core agreement is more than likely that I'm not good enough. You know, and that agreement is like agreement number one that I hold with myself, and that can go back to very young childhood, that I'm not good enough or that the world is a not safe place to be or that, um, you know, some judgment or some less than that we hold of ourselves on a deep core level. And in order to protect that insecurity and the fear around that insecurity, we need to be right so that we can have value. Because if I have a core agreement that I'm just no good, I'm not good enough, if I hold that as a core agreement, then for me to be, for me to be okay in the world, I'm going to have to build more or less a false identity. I'm going to have to build a story 
based on the culture, like I'm going to have to be successful money-wise, or I have to be pretty enough, or I have to be powerful, or I have to be cool. You know, we, we come up with, with, with ways of addressing that deep-seated insecurity and fear um, that keeps us from really acknowledging that it's even there. So we just get out there and start chasing stuff in the world. Well, I, for the longest time, I did feel that I was not good enough. But once I started sharing my story and inspiring other people, it's like I am good enough. And, you know, sometimes I slip, but I try my hardest to say I am good enough because I am capable of helping other people. Well, you know what I would say? I would say you're good enough because the Creator saw fit to put you here. And that, that okay. period. Period. That's it. Thank you. You do not Thank need to you. earn you do not need to earn or prove your value. Your value is innate in, in the fact that you're breathing and you're present and you do your best and you show up. Okay. I like looking at it that way better. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, so you know, we about- give our, it's so funny because, you, you know, I hear people all the time and they talk about their faith in God and their faith in spirit and all that. And then they'll say, yeah, but I'm not perfect, you know, and I'm just trying to be a good person. And, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. If God created you and you have a great, loving, abiding faith in God, where do you get off on thinking that God, God made a mistake when, he, when you were created? Like, what yeah. kind of God creates all these half-baked people? <laughs> right. I, I think, you know, I think we're all created as unique individuals, and there is no judgment of that. Not really. You know, we say we're not perfect. Well, how do you know? You don't know what perfect looks like. You are a right. perfect representation of who you were created to be. Right. Makes a lot of so sense. Let it, Thank you. Yeah. Like, let it go and, and enjoy your life. Yes. And that's, that's a, a big awareness for a lot of people, is being able to enjoy our lives. And I'm still struggling financially, and, you know, my husband and I do together. But at the same time, like we were talking about the animals, that we still look for the beauty and what is good in life. And... That, that actually helped me get through my seasonal affective disorder um, slip this past few weeks, is both of us confirming that we do have a house, we do have the animals, we do have each other. And that's what has gotten us through a lot. So um, thank you for all your descriptions of everything. You, you, you make things um, so simple. And coming from a a different aspect of how I've looked at everything, I always thought that I had to make myself good enough. So knowing that God put me here is a good knowledge for myself, and I hope everybody else takes that to heart. So I have a few other questions. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm ready for you. Okay. So... In the Heart Connection, Reconnection book, it's actually a guidebook for us to follow and learn more and, like, take notes on ourselves. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah, it can be used that way. You know, it's interesting because what you were just speaking to, um, one, of the, one of the awarenesses that, that we share in the book is is to develop an awareness of what am I giving my attention to, okay? Mm-hmm. Like if, if I'm sitting in a room and there's a television on and say I'm sitting in a, sitting in a restaurant mm-hmm. and there's a television on on the wall and there's somebody sitting over in the corner playing a guitar and there's someone sitting at the table with me that I'm having a conversation with and there's a server walking around checking on us, you know, taking orders and delivering food. And there's some people, a couple tables over that are having an argument. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in that mm. space, in that moment. And I 
I am responsible and I have an opportunity to really practice the awareness of what am I giving my attention to out of all of this action that's going on around me all the time, okay? Mm-hmm. And in particular, um, when you talk about, you know, the, the trauma that you lived through as a, as, a, as a young person, when an old story comes up in our mind and that old story plays and then the minute that memory comes up, that memory triggers an emotional reaction and the old emotion connected to that experience will, will pop up again. And we're feeling it in our body. We're feeling that the energy, we're feeling the feelings of how emotion reacts to that, that old memory and that old story. We always have the ability, if we'll practice it, we have the ability when that old memory comes up, to say to ourselves, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. I'm not going to let my attention go into that story. I'm not going to feed that story. I'm going to shift my attention to what's on TV right now. I'm going to shift my attention to feeling my feet on the floor. I'm going to shift my attention to to looking out the window at the sunlight. Or I'm just going to get up and move. It's the same it's really the same thing you see reflected like in going to a 12-step meeting. If, if you're dealing with an addiction, going to 12-step meetings is such a great intervention because we start breaking the pattern of our life, of our day-to-day, you know, one hour at a time, the way we live our life, and we shift our attention out of our normal, so-called normal world and normal patterns, and we take ourselves into an AA meeting or an NA meeting or whatever meeting. We shift our attention and we walk into that meeting once a day and we sit there for an hour and our attention is focused on the conversation and the energy in that room. So we step out of our attention being so focused on ourselves, on our struggle, on our fear, on our reactions, and we're giving our attention to something that's allowing us to take a little break from that loop of how our mind gets going and our mind starts telling us something and then we start having reactions to the to the to the voices in our head to the story that we're telling ourselves and once that that chain of events starts happening if we don't find a way to intervene it just it becomes very methodical you know that's when it's if if you're dealing with an with an addiction that's when that energy starts building that it's like, God, I just want to go have a drink. You know, I just need to smoke a joint. I just, you know, that's when you start acting out. So in the book, we have, there's a lot of information and practices around learning how to own what I'm giving my attention to at any given point in my life and learning how to practice shifting my attention. Literally, if, if, if I don't feel good in my body and there's really no point in, like, you know, say I've got a bad cold, okay, and I'm laying on the couch and I'm just thinking, oh, my God, I feel terrible, I feel terrible, I feel terrible. Well, I can lay there and run that, that script over and over again, and I guarantee you all I'm going to do is feel worse. You know? and, but I could yeah. get up and I could, I could start reading a book and put my attention into that story, and I can break that loop. And, or I could get up and walk outside and turn my face to the sunlight and breathe sunlight in, you know, and, and intend that the light of the sun, that energy is just going to clear me. It's going to clean me of this old heavy energy that I'm, that I'm wallowing in. So there are, you know, there are practices and directions and invitations in the book like that that allow us to intervene on ourselves. Um, and it's really an opportunity to become the master of your own life because you, you, you begin to own what you're doing and what you're believing and what you're giving your attention to. And any time we give our attention to something, we're literally feeding it. We're giving it energy. Right, if I watch the news and there's something on the news that makes me mad, 
you know, and I'm hating on somebody on the news. There's some political thing, and I'm like, rah, rah, rah about that. <laughs> I'm, li- I'm literally feeding that conflict. And, yeah. it, you know, it, uh, like etherically in the, in the great cosmic realm, I'm literally giving energy to that individual or that storyline that upsets me. And it's like, why would I want to give life to something that upsets me? It's not worthy of even giving it my attention. I can watch it, and then I can check myself on my reactions and and take responsibility for what I'm giving that energy to. And I need to relay that to my husband because he will watch the news every night, and I say, you keep on hearing the same thing every night. Watch something else, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, we end up developing an appetite. Literally, we develop a. It's like an like having an appetite. You know, you develop a taste for great Italian food because you're raised on great Italian food, right? And so, Uh when when you when you really want comfort, you want to go eat some homemade pasta and sauce. You know, and Uh it's the same thing. In, our, in the patterns, our emotional patterns, and the loops of our mind, we develop an appetite for particular energies. And if you grew up in a home where there was a lot of conflict or anger or a lot of drama and sadness, you'll end up a lot of times recreating that same energetic emotional diet in your life. You'll end up, because you have an appetite for drama, you know, like, you know, you call it being a drama queen. Well, what it's about really being, being a drama queen is that you literally have an emotional appetite for the energy of drama, even though it makes you miserable, even though it, you're not happy. People that are rageaholics, they're not, they're not raging and angry because it's working for them. You know, it's, right. we, develop, right. we develop appetites for these energetic patterns these emotional energetic patterns and it's really powerful to realize that and then to say you know what i i need to break this pattern and there's there's guidance in the book around how you can how you can gently intervene on yourself and start breaking those patterns and that is something that I definitely have to do myself. Um, we're running out of time, and I wanted to share what you were talking about with um, change what you're doing. I was recently diagnosed with a form of narcolepsy where my sleep pattern is horrible. Last night, I laid in bed for two hours. I have a CPAP machine, and I tried breathing with it to calm myself down. I just did not get tired. And just by not getting tired makes me be wide awake because I'm saying, oh, my God, I can't fall asleep. And then I sleep all day the next day. So today, you know, I fell asleep like five, and I got up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because I just don't have a good sleep pattern. So um, I'm going to take to heart what you were saying, and I'm going to get out of bed and try to do something that may make a difference. So I really took to heart what you were explaining about if you're stuck in the pattern to move out of it. Thank you for that. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else particular that you would like to share? Um, I will have to invite you back again because I know we have so much more to talk about. (laughs) Well, that would be fine with me. I enjoy talking to you. You know, I, don't, I think it's it's kind of a good stopping point, but again, what I'd say is the way that we have all been domesticated, being born into this world, you know, it we're so much greater and we're so much more creative and and loving and um, powerful than what we have been taught. To, to believe about ourselves, you know, and and for us to wake up, and we have to wake up in our own individual lives. We have to clean our own individual. We got to clean up our side of the street first, right? We can't, yes. you know, you can go elect another president if you don't like this president. 
And actually, nothing's really going to change much. You know, it's like putting a different icing on the same old cake. Well, it's the same old cake. Um, You have to begin at the beginning, and that's where each of us is really empowered to take 100% responsibility for our life and our patterns and our beliefs and our stories, you know, and, and undo those things that don't serve us and pursue the things that you love. You know, you look at at you for instance. You you have pursued those gifts that you have, and you've built a life around it, and you love doing it. Well, all of us can do that. We all have limitations. We all have challenges. Okay, so what? Big deal. What do you love doing yep. that you can pursue that's going to bring goodness and light into your life and keep you connected to humanity and to a community, and then you're then we're really bringing grace into the world because we're living from our heart and our soul, and that's the reason we came here. We didn't come here to be Republicans or Democrats or Catholics right. or Jews. We came here, we came here to be the, the presence of the creator in human form and to create life with, you know, through our free will. I mean, to me, that's our first calling. All the rest of it is a choice. That is really, for me, the essence of what we humans are doing in this world. And to wake up to that opportunity is just fantastic. That's beautiful. And it makes me think about, get back to the days of the the caveman and think about they didn't have all this competition and they lived the basics and the nature and everything. And, you know, I've been giving a lot of thought to that lately. And it makes a lot of sense because we do cut overcomplicate things and I really loved everything that you had to say Lee because you you gave me um, more inspiration to work harder on myself and to continue this healing journey that I'm on thank you oh well thank you thank you yes yes so where can everyone get more information about you and learn about that documentary also um, you can reach me through spiritrecovery.com. That's the website that has the books. Um, you can also get our books on Amazon or at your bookstore. Um, but spiritrecovery.com has my books. It, that's where I post the journeys to Mexico or Peru and the workshops and the different things that we're doing. Also, you can reach me through integrativelifecenter.com. IntegrativeLifeCenter.com is um, the website for our recovery program, our treatment program in Nashville. Okay, um, that is wonderful. And I'm on Facebook. You know, Lee Richard McCormick, okay. I'm on Facebook also. Yeah. And um, I, I need to connect with you on Facebook. And like I said, um, everybody... When you get to that page, um, look at the trailer. Um, Some of it has to do with the actual documentary, but it also has some of Lee's singing, which I really enjoyed listening to that too. So again, Lee, thank you so much for everything, and I will welcome you back very soon. Okay, Catherine. Well, I really appreciate you, sweetheart. You have a a great night and a fantastic 2019. Yes, and you too. So everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything that Lee had to share and really take to heart some of his messages because they're they're very powerful and they speak my truth about the mental illness journey and gave me more perspective on different things that I can help and um, hopefully get off some of my medications. And remember that if you feel like you're kind of stuck, reach out for help. And if it's medication you need to get past the hump, you could do that. And reach out for the people that can be supportive of you and make your life better because it's really worth living. And please remember to subscribe. Definitely, yes. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any important information shared by any of my guests. 
And also remember to share with your friends so they can also gain the value from my guests. If you would like me to speak at your event, please contact me at Catherine at CatherineMLab.com, and that's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-M-L-A-U-B.com. And my website is TheCelestialSpoon.com, T-H-E-C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A-L, S-P-O-O-N.com, and you can download a free report on overcoming stress, and if you are interested in purchasing any of my readings or mentoring, you can do that too. And if you email me and mention that you heard my podcast, I'll give you 10% off of any of my services. And I can talk with you on the phone through Skype, email, or in New York, I'm in Suffolk County. And again, you can find Lee at www.spiritrecovery.com and integrate.